the Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Berenzi. Sunday, bloody Sunday. So we pick up the pieces, the Pittsburgh Steelers get punched in the mouth, and now they've got questions as far as their future is concerned. 48-37, Big Ben Roethlisberger threw the ball 68 times. 68 times, man. Like, you know, you look, I, I swear to God, you, you, you show me a 300, a 400-yard passer and a 500-yard passer, and I'm going to show you, yeah, he was on a losing team, wasn't he? Look at Baker Mayfield, 21 to 34, 263 yards and three touchdown passes. All right, all right, that's that's solid. That's that's normal. A Big Ben Roethlisberger, 47 to 68, 501, 501 yards. We hit an in-game prop over 481 uh, passing yards, four touchdown passes, but four interceptions. Like so, you bring Ben Roethlisberger back another year. Fine, you have to. I think you owe it to him. Let him, you know, let him go out on his own here like this. He can't be playing for another couple of years, I wouldn't imagine. He's always one hit away, one big injury away from being done. But you've got to, you've got to run the football. You've got, you know, is, that, is this your identity? Throwing the football a million times? No. You're the Pittsburgh Steelers. You've got to run the football. And it's pretty clear you can't do it. You can't do it with James Conner. You can't do it with Blake Snell. They're, they're Benny Snell. They're not, they're not good enough. I was going to say Blake Snell. Blake Snell could, uh, you know, probably get uh, two carries for 13 yards, too. Um... Uh, 11 to 30, you know, 11 and 37 for Connor, 11 attempts, 37 yards. Now, it's not just, I'm not just blaming the running backs. Like, they don't commit to the run. Is it the offensive line? Are they bad run, you know, blockers? Whatever it is, figure it the hell out. And let's just call it off for, you know, really, you're going to come back with Snell and Connor again? You know, you need yourself, get yourself a stud running back. Get yourself a stud, uh, a stud running back if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, and one thing that we should note about Pittsburgh is they were besieged with defensive injuries, all right? So the Pittsburgh Steelers are a good football team, but they can't, you know, they just, they got to start running the ball. It's been a problem all year for them. And, you know, I think this is all you need to know. This is like the evidence, the case is closed and they're guilty. It is what it is. It's like, dude, you threw the ball 68 times and you guys, you know, for 501 yards, you lost the game by double digits. You rushed for 50 yards. You threw four interceptions. I mean, come on. It's not working. This style of football, that's that's just not working for you. The late night anger management class is working for you. Six nights a week, Ian Cameron, Babano steps up in it a little bit later on. Bring it. We do this 24 hours a day, every, every day. day. It's real. And it's here. We've got to come up with a better name for it than fantasy sports. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. There are 24 hours in every day. 1,440 minutes. 86,400 seconds. And we still have trouble squeezing all this glorious sports talk in. Have you thought about maybe sleeping less? This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Don't ruin your appetites. I'm buying lunch for everybody on me. Wow. What's the occasion? I'm rich. I won my bets on the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, and I chunked it all on a hockey game, and I won that. All right, all right. How much did you win? 116 bucks. 
what a windfall. Yeah. Yeah, I really? still feel tingly. Countdown to kickoff uh, is on. National Championship game on Monday. We promised uh, we'd uh, rattle off some of the props uh, for you right now. So it's always cool. Championship game, college football props. Listen, FanDuel's got college football props up. Um, for, you know, certain big-time games during the regular season. It's one of these deals, though, where it's not available in every state. You know, and so it's like, you know what I mean? It's bizarre, right? Like a state will allow sports betting, but they might, you know, they always have these little rules and stuff as well. They'll say, yeah, we don't want you doing this, though, or we don't like that, or, you know what I mean? So, you know, I know there's certain states that you can't bet on the college player props and some of them that you can't. Um, and I know this because Holden, I know that uh, in, in Colorado, pretty strange, in the state of Colorado, magic mushrooms are legal, but the sports book can't put up uh, college player props. <laughs> it's like, all right, but I can smoke weed and I can take mushrooms, but I can't like play the, uh, the Mac Jones over under 365 and a half passing yards. So that's what that is, 365 and a half uh, passing yards for, uh, for Mac Jones. We're talking about some of the props, talking about the touchdown scores earlier. That you know you got to lay such a big number for these guys in this game to score a touchdown, but for the game's first touchdown, I think there's some value. Tune into game time decisions at six o'clock Eastern with me and the raging redhead Cam Stewart, uh, Sirius XM Channel 204. We'll be breaking it all down. Um, so Alabama laying eight and a half in a game. The total is 74 and a half. Justin Fields 290 and a half uh, passing yards. 290 and a half passing yards is his prop. Matt Jones 365 and a half 365 and a half so both of them are very high but you know we're expecting this game to be quite the track meet and shootout even though title games have a tendency not to be as high scoring we went over the numbers before out of the six previous college football championships in this college playoff format it's hard to believe it's you know uh the seventh one and the six of them before there was um and the six of them before only one of them would have gone over this number, a 74 and a half. And I remember actually holding, when this number came out, because we were we were on live during the Ohio State-Clemson game, when this number came out, it was uh, 77. And he thought it was high. And he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in right away as soon as I can. And, and I said, you know what? It's probably going to go down. We're, you're right. It'll probably go down to about 74, 75 or so. And it has. It's settling in right now at 74 and a half, which to me, I'm going to go over the number. I think it's a fair, if it was 77 and a half or like 80 or something, I'd be scared off. Dude, 75 points, come on. 45-30? Would it shock you if Alabama won this game 45-30? Wouldn't shock me. No, it wouldn't shock me at all. Um, So, and listen, I think, like I said, I like Ohio State in this game, but plus the points, but I'm just telling you, you know, you add up like the reasonable amount of points. I mean, come on. You don't, you don't think it's a possibility that it's like 35-35 at some point uh, in this game? You know, in that range? Like, it's not 84 and a half, it's 74 and a half. So, I, I, think, I think it's playable. I think it's playable. We talked about the game's first touchdown score. I think Trey Sermon's worth a look here at plus 650. Chris Olave is a 10 to 1, Ohio State wide receiver. Master Teague, 14 to 1. Garrett Wilson, 13 to 1. They got a good tight end there, too. Justin Fields to score the game's first touchdown is 14 to 1. Uh, as far as Alabama uh, is concerned, Najee uh, Harris is plus 310. He's actually the favorite to score the game's first touchdown. Not, not a bad price, though, at plus 310. 
Devontae Smith is uh, plus 430. W- uh, Waddle is plus 850. Man, are they deep. Waddle is plus 850. Mac Jones to score the game's first touchdown. 37 to 1. So we're going to have a complete breakdown tomorrow, obviously, but I'm not... I'm not, like, changing my mind. Like, I'm not going to, it's not like, oh, no, tomorrow I decide to lay the points. The only thing that I'm waiting on here, guys, is obviously anybody who's been paying attention to this knows we don't know about Ohio State. Like, I don't know. Like, are they going to drop this bomb tomorrow, this bombshell? That, oh, yeah, by the way, we're without 17 kids. I mean, there was talk earlier about that not having enough players to field the team. So, I don't know. You know what I mean? But it's strange. Yet, the key players are all good. Right, like Trey Sermon's good. It seems, I don't know if they, what, what they did, but I don't know if they've sort of, like they, they're really more protective of the star players. Because all their star players are fine. There's no COVID issues, right? Justin Fields is injury. He'll be fine. They're going to shoot him up with stuff and he'll play through it. He'll play well. And, and so, like I said, we'll have our final picks tomorrow night uh, before kickoff as uh, on Game Time Decisions and on In Game Live. And me and Cam will do like the first hour of the game or so. And then I'll be back, of course, tomorrow night at midnight Eastern time on Sirius XM 204 with the uh, the post-game recap. Paul Bovey, George Kurtz. So when it was all said and done this weekend, we did uh, we did well in the National Football League. I won. I did very good with the I did very good with the Buffalo Bill game. Uh, they didn't cover it, but I hit everything else. I hit in-game stuff. Like, I smashed it. I had the Bills tease to the over. I had Bills and Moneyline parlays. I stumbled, like, in-game with the Rams game. I fell for, like, some in-game unders when it was low scoring early. I was like, man, no one's going to score in this game. And then, boom, it just opened up. So then I was mad because I was like, man, I just gave my money back. That I just won on Buffalo. This sucks. And now I got to bet on this Washington game and... I like Washington, but I've got to, you know, I got to show a lot of faith here. And I did. And I hit Washington. I hit uh, some passing yard props in game. I ended up going 4 0 in the Washington game last night. Um, earlier today, and we went pretty hard last night. Shout out to Jazz. Shout out to Duke and everybody over at the red card. Uh, we went pretty hard last night. So this morning, um, you know, I didn't even, I wasn't online even. You know, I just sort of rolled out of bed, looked at my phone. I was like, cool. Oh man, game started right now. I missed the, you know, I missed kickoff. I gotta get these bets in. And I went one and one, one and one. And so it was basically, you know, one and one, nothing happened. And then the Pittsburgh game, like I said, I got more dialed into. And um, I only went two and oh. I played the Cleveland Browns tease to the over. And then I played an in-game passing prop. Sometimes less is more, uh, you know? So we had a profitable day. We had a profitable day yesterday, a profitable day today. Can't complain. Uh, Matthias, I know you're happy. Uh, that uh, Pittsburgh scored uh, that late touchdown was what? What'd you have him like? What plus twelve and a half in game? Yeah, I had him plus twelve and a half in game, and I was squeezing for a long time, but they pulled through when it mattered most. Yeah, I was kicking myself for not uh, grabbing them once when they were plus sixteen and a half. I was like, you know, they're not going to stop, but and even the in game overs, I should have you know started hopping on that. Yeah, it's, like I said, sometimes less is more. I was happy. I was like, man. And I went pretty big on the Browns teaser because I didn't play a bunch of props and everything. I was just like, you know, just put the damn pick in. Uh, just play the teaser to the over. Whatever happens, happens. Like, listen, Matthias, I didn't think Cleveland were going to kick the crap out of them like this. I tweeted right before the game. I tweeted. I said, you know, I think the Steelers win. But, and then I said, but, 
I just can't leave. I don't I don't trust them. Like, I don't want to lay five and a half points. So I said, you know what? I'm going to tease the Cleveland Browns up to 12 and a half and then to the over. So I was pretty comfortable with the win. I didn't want to start screwing it up and start chasing with these. But then when I saw Roethlisberger at 481, I knew there was like six minutes left. And he was only like 410 or something. But I was like, man, he probably gets the ball back twice. And they're going to be throwing every play. And he did. He picked up a couple of yards. And then he threw the interception. But Cleveland kicked the field goal quickly, whatever. And then he got the ball back again. And then it, it, then it goes over the uh, the numbers. So uh, when it was all said and done, did you make money with this or lose money on the weekend? Is the account uh, higher or lower than it was? That's all that matters. doesn't have to be big lower. money. It, it, lower. Oh, that's not good then. By a tad, but I made up a lot good. of it. Good, 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 good. And there's always opportunities to make it up more. We've got the national championship game. Ian Cameron will join us. Get uh, Babano's thoughts on this game. Like I said, I'm looking at Ohio State in the over here. I want to take them on the money line, but plus 240 isn't enticing enough. Alabama, come on, it's Alabama. Bring it. Remember, you can listen to Sports Grid on the radio, TV, satellite, or the internet. To make it any easier, we'd have to move in with you. And nobody wants that. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Late Night Anger Management Class continues. I am Gabriel Morenci. Let's bring in Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Bob Bano, to break it all down. We've got a massive week. A national championship game. National Hockey League drops the puck on Wednesday. And, of course, the National Football League playoffs roll on. Bob Bano. How you doing, Babano? Good to be with you, Gabe, as always. Well, we appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time to be with us in the late night hours uh, here. So, big week of a battle. Listen, you're a big puckhead. So, we've got NFL playoffs, national championship game, and uh, the NHL starts this week. Uh, massive week. Massive week. It really started Saturday with the uh, wild card games uh, in the NFL. Monday night, you've got the national championship game, and the NHL season starts on Wednesday. So, a lot of things to keep me busy. Hopefully a lot of things to keep me paid, Marenzi, but I guess we're going to find that out in the next few days. Well, we're going to get some opportunities to, to beat the book. So let's start off uh, with the national championship game. There's been so much talk about who's who's going to play, who's not going to play for Ohio State, or whether they would be able to play at all. But, you know, college football teams in battle, they're pretty good at protecting they're pretty good at protecting their information, and it's difficult to really get a grasp on on what the situation with Ohio State is. Yet they had a COVID situation last week against Clemson, too, and we saw what happened. Point spread sits at 8.5, 75.5 right now. Yeah, this game has been uh, one where it's been, I think, a steadily uptick steady uptick a little bit here in alabama it's crept up a little bit it was seven seven and a half i'm seeing eight uh, eight and a half currently with this uh, point spread favoring alabama and the point spread indicates that alabama should have you know some personnel uh, advantages uh, in this game obviously the point spread is based on full season results we know what these two teams are all about if you're going to win bets in a national championship type game, you've got to try to isolate intangibles 
individual matchups within the game that you think stand out that could give one team the edge. I think what the difference is going to be is Alabama's offensive line going up against Ohio State's defensive front. A defensive line that for Ohio State played great against against Clemson. I don't want to take that away from them. Uh, But they're going up against an offensive line here, Marenzi, for Alabama that has kept really a pristine pocket, uh, as clean a pocket as possible for Mac Jones. He has had all the time in the world to throw the football. Uh, Najee Harris has found running lanes to run the football. Uh, Devontae Smith's been able to get open. The key to Ohio State beating Clemson was the defensive front got home on Trevor Lawrence, and it happened over and over again. And it kind of hid their secondary, which I don't think is all that great. And the numbers back that up. Ohio State is 92nd, Gabe, in the country in opponent quarterback completion percentage, 119th in passing yards per game allowed. And those numbers for Ohio State secondary, they came against a pretty damn weak slate of quarterbacks and offenses in the Big Ten. What, Indiana? Northwestern? Those were the two best teams they played in the Big Ten. Prior to the Clemson game, they really hadn't faced many great offenses and quarterbacks. Now, they played great against Clemson, but I think the Alabama offensive line's better. And the key to me is that Alabama's going to protect and block better than Clemson did against Ohio State. And if that happens, which I think it will, then the Ohio State secondary is going to face a whole different level of wide receiver speed that they don't see in the Big Ten that even Clemson doesn't have this season, in my opinion, for as good as they were. They don't have T. Higgins on Clemson this year, Justin Ross, and some of these really good, explosive, speedy receivers they've had in years past. Hunter Renfro, you know, was another great receiver of the past at Clemson. Clemson didn't have that same speed at wide receiver. Alabama does, and if they get Jalen Waddle back for this game as well, it's going to add another potential problem for an Ohio State pass defense that I think if they don't get to Mac Jones— they are still a secondary that's not going to be able to match the speed of Alabama's receivers and not going to be able to cover them down the field. And it's also concerning how healthy is Justin Fields with the with the rib injury going into this game. A couple offensive linemen banged up going into this game. Right guard Wyatt Davis, left guard Harry Miller for Ohio State. That might be a little bit of an issue as well against this Bama defense. So when it's all said and done, Gabe, I, I got to make a case for Bama here. Okay, that They've only been a single-digit favorite once this year. That was against Georgia. They were laying six. They won 41-24. I think all things considered, this is a bargain on the Alabama side. And I think the best bet for me with the Alabama side is the first half at minus five, minus five and a half. They've covered eight straight first half wagers, 10 and two to the first half this year, uh, Alabama. They've been a fast starter consistently, and I wouldn't be surprised to see more of that uh, in Miami on Monday night. Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Babano with uh, Sports Pub uh, Radio. You can uh, find him on Twitter, at Babano. And, you know, it's a good angle. You talk about Alabama in the first half. Now, I'm not saying I'm pulling the trigger here on it, but it has been ultra profitable. And it's been a play for a couple of years, uh, actually. They've been kicking the crap out of people early in football games. FanDuel's got a four and a half up, Babano. Good number if you like uh, Alabama in the first half. It's, it's, it's a good point to erase. The key is they need to get pressure on Mac Jones. We, you know, you, you have to make his life difficult. He's such a great, you know, he's great at just getting the ball out to where it has to, where it has to go to the open man. But you've got to disrupt that a little bit. Of course, they're without their, you know, their all-world center in this football game, but they were against uh, Notre Dame as well. What do you think, what do you make of this total, Babano? Because it's one of these deals where, 
it's hard to say, you know what, I'm going to bet the under here. I don't, you know, I don't think there's going to be, I don't think they can get to 76 points. They clearly can, but championship games, guys, you know, it's rare the championship games are like total track meet shootouts, Babato. I'm looking at the history here of, of the national championship since the college football playoff, uh, this format started, guys. So last year, they put up uh, 67 points, 42-25, LSU Clemson. Year before that, Clemson won 44-16. Alabama beat Georgia 26-23. Clemson beat Alabama 35-31. Alabama beat Clemson 45-40. And Ohio State won the first ever college uh, playoff championship game. They beat the Ducks 42-20. So Babano, out of the six previous games, only Alabama and Clemson went over the number back in 2015-16. No doubt this is a lofty number. There's no question about that. Mid-70s is not something you see. And clearly, you just pointed out that we haven't seen it like this from a total standpoint in the national championship game since the uh, college football playoff format began. I think if you like the under, anyone uh, listening, first half under makes more sense. We saw it last year. It started slow with LSU and Clemson, and then the scoring picked up as the game went on. Personally, for me, because my handicap of the game, which I said a minute ago, is I don't trust Ohio State's defensive front to wreak havoc. And I know Dickerson has been outstanding, the center for Alabama, um, but they were really good blocking against Notre Dame uh, in the Rose Bowl. I think they'll still be able to pass protect very well for Jones. Because I don't think Ohio State's defensive front is going to be able to impact this game, I'm not interested in the under, to be honest with you, in this game. Now, I can't say I'm in love with the over in the mid-70s, but these are two offenses, and the dual-thread element of Justin Fields does work better, I think, against Alabama's defense, which at times can give up plays to mobile quarterbacks. So I, I think it'll be close to the number, but because I think Ohio State could really give up some big plays through the air. I'm worried that they just haven't faced a passing attack, anything close to what they're going to see here. Uh, I, I'm too worried about that to bet it under, but the point is well taken about you're not getting a bargain with this total at 75. You know, I, you know I love to bet overs, and I'm looking at this, and it's a good point for your race. I mean, that's why there's in-game betting, right? And they have in-game numbers, and, you know, you can exactly you yep. use them. Right. I mean, I think there's, you know, we, we older guys, we're, we're so stuck in or used to pregame, get your pick in, get your pick in, get your pick in. Yet, as you stated, Babano, you know, you wait a drive or two. Next thing you know, the 75 and a half is 67 and a half, right? Or 68 and a half, you know, and, and, and you get a better yeah. number. One thing I think, though, Babano, is that Ohio State are probably going to try to keep Alabama off the field, right? And, you know, they can do it with Trey Sermon as well. Trey Sermon has been playing great football, 636 uh, yards over his last uh, three football games, four touchdowns as well. I don't think Ohio State are, like, scared of, of Alabama or getting into a track meet with Alabama. I think Ohio State know they can score on anybody, but Alabama are just so damn good offensively. The best way to beat them, uh, Babano, would be to keep them off the damn field, right? And if you're Ohio State, man, you got Sermon, you try to pound the rock, eat the clock, finish your drives, limit Alabama's possessions. That's my concern about the total. Absolutely. And another concern about the over would be Alabama just sitting on the ball like they did last uh, in the Rose Bowl against Notre Dame. They got up big. They didn't really yeah. have that 
step they on They can't do that against down. Ohio State, Babano. They do that. They did it against Notre Dame because they knew Notre Dame couldn't score. Remember they played the Washington Huskies a couple of years ago in the playoffs? Sort of same thing. They got up like 24-7, and they were like, you know what? It's 17-point lead, but they might as well be down 170 points. They can't score on us. So I've noticed that they've taken the pedal off the metal a bit. I think Alabama will go for the jugular for 60 minutes. I agree, and that's 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 another thing that pushing me. To, to be honest with you, if I were to bet the total, it would be over for me still, uh, even at 75. And and you're right. I think Ohio State's going to prove to be a much greater offensive threat to Alabama than Notre Dame did. Uh, I think that's pretty clear. I think Justin Fields can do enough, and Ohio State will move the ball with Sermon. They'll be able to throw the ball enough. And on the flip side, like I say, I think Alabama can block this Ohio State defensive front. I've not seen Ohio State's defensive line play like that all year. There were times Northwestern in the Big Ten title game was just not— Peyton Ramsey had a clean pocket for a lot of that game, and the Ohio State defensive line was totally different. Now, they had guys out, I get that, but I think it's going to be much difficult— are much more difficult to block them, and that bothers me. Those stats stand out. They had faced no quarterback, no offense prior to the Clemson game last uh, in the uh, uh, in the uh, semifinal, and yet their numbers are 92nd and 119th in terms of pass defense against a very weak schedule, loaded with weaker quarterbacks, weaker passing games, and teams that just but don't have say, anything close to Alabama throwing the ball. That worries me quite a bit for the Buckeyes. We got to go to a break here, but you know, Drew Martin saw Northwestern in person against Auburn, and I think Northwestern might be better than people realize. Sports Insight might continue. Look, you have a simple choice keep listening and get the winning edge, or don't. And wish you had. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. There are 24 hours in every day. 1,440 minutes. 86,400 seconds. And we still have trouble squeezing all this glorious sports talk in. Have you thought about maybe sleeping less? This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Late night anchor management class continues. I am Gable Brentson. We're throwing it down. Sirius XM Channel 204. Get on the grid. Ian Cameron kicking with us. Uh, we're talking about the national championship game. I want to get into some NFL football and some NHL hockey with Babano as well, obviously. But time's just flying by. So Babano's looking at Alabama, and it would be over past. Babano brings up maybe Bama in the first half. I'll tell you, I, you know, I don't know if I'm – I'm not doing this just to be contrarian. But, you know, when you get to this time of the year, Babano, there's only a couple of games left. You know, you've got to go with your gut. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying you don't do research and you break down the numbers, but you've got to go with what your gut is and, you know, just your feelings. So you don't, there's no regrets. Oh, I like that team, but I didn't do it because of this. And I got, you know, I got, we spoke to people, the the information that I heard, I changed my mind. And I don't change my mind a lot, but whenever I do, I seem to get burnt. And I do think Ohio State are going to hang around in this game. I think we're going to get a classic football game. I think it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. I think it'll be one of these deals, guys. Like, there's going to be like five minutes left, and we don't know who's uh, going to win the game. I'll cut Ohio State a little slack, but battle with the fact that, as we were saying, we wanted the break. Drew Martin, I know Auburn aren't the best team in the world, but they are an SEC team. That's Alabama's rival, and, and Northwestern dominated them in the trenches. 
I, so I was just throwing out there that Northwestern might be better than people realize. And it pains me as a Michigan fan to praise Ohio State like this, but I do think they have the talent to hang with Alabama. I think they have the talent to beat Alabama. And all the talk uh, about about Nick Saban, I mean, look, dude, Ryan Day is a 23-1 and coach, uh, Babano. Guy's only lost one game before. Yeah, I, I think there's... Look, Northwestern had a nice win against Auburn, but it was a pedestrian Auburn squad compared to recent seasons. They had coaching change. Gus Malzahn got a set yeah. packing. Brian Harson in. You've got coaches, you know, fat sending their resumes out elsewhere, thinking about their next job rather than preparing the team for a bowl game. You know that they're really not all that enthusiastic, probably about. So I, I, I put a little asterisk beside Northwestern's win there, but I, I hear you. They're, they were a good team. They're so well coached. I just think when I go back and I look at this game, honestly, I I, I look at this Ohio State secondary as a very vulnerable unit. I mean, their numbers, their past defense numbers are just so hideous against such a weak slate of, of quarterbacks and offenses, and that's a worry for me uh, going into this game here. Uh, I prefer Alabama first half. So if you want a classic game, you're saying it's going to be a classic down to the wire, I wouldn't mind that because mo- most of my Bama bet is going to be the first half as opposed to the full game. I do like the first half. Alabama side better than the full game because I get that sense they come out fast. The speed of their offense is too much early in the game for Ohio State to handle. But maybe as the game goes on, Ohio State gets a little bit more comfortable. Maybe their own offense and fields get a little bit more comfortable. What to expect from the Bama defense. Then that's when they make their hay more in the second half of the game. But uh, it could still come back. Like I like Alabama first half more than full game. And I could still envision a scenario, Gabe, where this game is a one-possession game uh, in the final five minutes of the fourth quarter. Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Bob Bano, kicking it with us. All right, uh, Bob Bano, let's take a uh, let's let's take a look at the Los Angeles Rams, an interesting Rams team. Huh? They go into Seattle, they punch Seattle in the mouth, they dominate, uh, they dominate defensively. Uh, Jared Goff wasn't um, wasn't the starter, but he is forced into action and. I don't know. It's one of these deals, man. The Rams like really do just own Seattle. We talk about it now. Six and two, uh, the last eight times they played, six and two straight up, and against the spread uh, for that matter. But now they get the Green Bay Packers, and you know, looking at the weather, it's going to be. Is it going to be cold? Well, we got into that last week about what the definition of cold uh, is. But I'll tell you what, it's a hell of a lot colder in Green Bay than it is in Los Angeles. <laughs> I guess that's the best way of putting it. It's going to be 25 degrees. Uh, it is sunny and 25 degrees. Los Angeles Rams now get the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Babano. Point spread is uh, seven points right now, 46 and a half. And look, this is games a week away, so we're going to have to see closer to Saturday what the weather's going to be at Lambeau Field in Green Bay for this game. But the point of you bringing up the weather is significant here because we have a quarterback involved in this game and Jared Goff. It's maybe had some of his most ugly and worst performances in cold weather on the road uh, in the past. Uh, I'm not saying that's going to duplicate itself here uh, at Lambeau uh, on Saturday, but it's it's food for thought. It's something to keep in the back of your mind when you're trying to formulate your opinion on this game, that he's had some really, really shoddy performances away from home in the colder weather climates. I still remember that Soldier Field game in Chicago on a Sunday night. It was a season or two ago, and it was just disastrous. <laughs> for Jared Goff in that game from start to finish. What's not disastrous for the Rams, 
Marenzi is their defense. Uh, what can you say about them? It was an outstanding performance. I mean, they needed it. They needed every single bit of that defense to come through uh, against Seattle with, you know, John Wolford having to start that game, getting knocked out, Jared Goff having to come in, play through a thumb injury. But I'll give him credit. He gutted through it, made some plays, uh, and it helped that offense put some points up on the board to gain separation from uh, the Seattle Seahawks. And they turned Russell Wilson over. Uh, and that ended up being the difference in the end. I don't know. It's a tricky spot for me. My initial thought is I think Green Bay is probably going to win this game. Their offense, they're up against a formidable defense, a defensive line that blew up the line of scrimmage against Seattle. Can they blow up the Green Bay line of scrimmage? That's going to be the question. Bakhtiari, you know, his status, I think, is going to loom large, whether he's in or out for this game. Um, But that Green Bay offensive line is going to get tested. However, much like we talked about Bama, Ohio State, they protect Rodgers. If they can do that, keep Donald and company off him, then there's going to be plays to be made, I think, for this Packers uh, uh, passing attack because nobody's been able to shut down Adams, Valdez, Scantling, Robert Tunyon, uh, and the rest of them. I think Green Bay wins the game. My first thought is Packers on a teaser. Not sure I love laying a full touchdown, but I think this is a tricky spot for the Rams going to a cold-weather spot. It's a good point. It's a good Listen, one thing about that Bears game, I remember like it was yesterday because – that was the year that went to the Super Bowl, Babano. And it was fantasy football playoff time. <laughs> and, and the Rams, like, got me there. I had, like, Gurley and Cup and Goff. Like, I was Ram stacked on my fantasy football team that year. And, of course, they kind of rolled over that night, Babano. Right? Like, your point is well taken as far as Goff and cold weather and the Rams and cold weather. But they rolled over that night. They didn't really... You know what I mean? Like, it was like 13-0 or something, 13-3 type of game. It was a weird anomaly um, for them that night. But I can't disagree, Babano, in the sense that if you're the Rams, look, you're the Rams, you've beaten the Saints to go to the Super Bowl. You're not scared of the Saints if you're the Rams. You match up well with them, and you know what? They're in a dome. Same thing with Tampa Bay. Rams beat Tampa Bay this year already. They're not intimidated by Tampa Bay. They beat them. Uh, They went into Tampa and beat them. The Green Bay Packers, out of like the out of the Buccaneers, the Saints, and the Packers, the Packers is like absolutely positively the worst draw for the Rams to get. There's no debating that. Yeah, I think I think there's an argument to be made for that. And I'll say this about Aaron Rodgers: all I heard from Rodgers th- this season down the stretch, when they were still playing hard, they wanted the number one seed. He would tell anyone that would listen, the media, every day, we want the number one seed in the NFC. We want the playoffs in the NFC side of things to go through Lambeau Field because we've played, we've started so many recent playoff years on the road. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. He said, "We really want the number one seed." Well, Aaron Rodgers, now you got it. You know, you've got home field advantage. And, you know, all that bluster meant everything to the Packers trying to get the number one seed. Well, now here's your chance to make it worth your while and defend your home field. And uh, I think they will in this game on Saturday. Uh, We talked about, like, the Rams uh, already playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, of course, they played the New Orleans Saints a couple of years, speaking of the Super Bowl run. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. Tom Brady, Drew Brees, big-time quarterback, Hall of Fame uh, matchup. New Orleans Saints laying three and a half points, total 51 and a half. Obviously, weather is not a factor. And we've seen these teams play. Um, we saw these teams play. Of course, it was the first game of the year, uh, the battle Tom Brady. So it comes full circle. Huh? Season opened up in New Orleans, and season might end in New Orleans for Tampa. Or does it? Does it continue? Uh, what's your take on this? Buccaneers getting three and a half right now, 51 and a half. Well, as Tampa Bay figured it out with their offensive line and blocking good pass rushes and defensive fronts, because 
what they were able to do against Washington and keep Chase Young's impact and really anybody. Uh, Sweat, I think, maybe had one hurry on Brady, but he had a largely clean pocket most of the game Saturday night uh, against Washington. Is that Washington just maybe not getting the job done with the the pass rush, or was that Tampa Bay's offensive line finally gelling, giving Tom Brady the time he needed to throw the football? Because he certainly got it uh, on Saturday, and if they can duplicate that, that's going to be the key against the New Orleans Saints because what is the singular reason that the New Orleans Saints won both regular season games against Tampa Bay this year? It was because their pass rush got home on Brady. And we remember that Sunday night game where the New Orleans Saints just absolutely embarrassed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was an embarrassment on both sides of the ball, particularly, again, Tom Brady, on that, from his side of it, he was getting no time to throw the football. So you've got Tampa Bay 0-2 this year against New Orleans straight up and against the spread. However, that was a really good defensive football team they went up against. And for the first time, they validated the improvement in the offense late in the season. You don't validate anything playing Atlanta twice in Detroit like they did in the last three games of the season. But they validated their offense improving and really taking strides forward and looking like a Tom Brady offense of the vintage days in that win against Washington. And they had to score points because Taylor Heineke kept coming back uh, and moving the ball against the Bucs. So I'm leaning to taking the points, to be honest here, with Tampa Bay in this game. I haven't made up my mind yet. We'll see where this number goes. But I think Tampa Bay's better prepared. They're in a better place offensively. Remember, they faced Bruce Ari- They faced the Saints when they were in week one, yeah. when they're just learning Bruce Arians' offense, Brady's first game there, new faces, new scheme, new everything, new offensive line and, and blocking schemes, p- pass protection, the whole bit. And then you played them later in the season uh, when uh, it was a I think it was a tricky scheduling spot. It was off a Monday night game, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the New York game on a Monday night, the Giants. And then they had to play Tampa, uh, New Orleans on a Sunday night on a short week. And we know older quarterbacks on a short week. You worry about them a little bit. So I think situationally much better for Tampa this time around against New Orleans. I'm kind of leaning bucks here a little bit. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. You know, considering, as we stated, New Orleans did beat them 38-3. The 34-23 in week one, as you stated, I mean, that's a tough judgment uh, right there. It was the first game of the season. Um, of It was the first game for Tom Brady as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. The Bucs are on a little bit of a roll right now. They won their last four regular season games, of course, the win against Washington. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's just matchups, uh, Babano, but, I mean, Washington gave these guys all that they can handle. Tom Brady, um, they're in tough. I think Tampa are in tough here. You know, it is. I, I get it that the point spread at three and a half is attractive uh, with the Buccaneers, but I'm just not so. I'm not so sure stylistically, this is bad for them, and they're kind of beat up. I mean, there's only you know they're going to go to Antonio Brown a million times. Mike Evans is a tough son of a gun man. This guy plays through a lot of pain. Godwin kept dropping footballs. And fun game, fun game, and you know the networks and the mainstream media love this. Getting Tom Brady. And Drew Brees, I guess Tom Brady can't be a jerk to Drew Brees after the game and ignore him, right? Like, he's such a tool bag, Tom Brady. He really is. Like, he's just, like, even if you're not, like, a a Tom Brady hater or something, like, if you're not, like, what's up? Oh, I don't know, Tom Brady. But he's just a hard guy to like. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it, what it is about him. It's just funny you he, mention that, Morency, because on Saturday night, Taylor Heineke after the game is patting him on the back like twenty times, like 
trying yeah. to get his attention. He finally turns around and looks at him, shakes his hand, says a word or two, and that was that. But like yeah. took him 20 times to pat right. him on the back saying, hey, Tom, I'm trying to say a good game to you and say a word with you here. He purposely, Brady was purposely blowing him off. He does that to you know younger quarterbacks. He, you know, he doesn't shake people's hands unless he wins. If he wins, then he'll shake your hand. But I was surprised why he was a, he was a douche to Heineke because he actually won the game. But we've got to get out of here, man. Time has just flown by. Sports Rage Late Night. Late Night Anger Management Class continues. Bring it. What is the winning edge? It's sports news you can use. And you can only get it right here. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Our goal is subtle. But profound. We want you, Sporto, to hold court at the company water cooler every Friday and Monday. Get it? That's the winning edge. All you got to do is listen. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. That's the dumbest bet I ever heard of. I disagree. I disagree. Like that anger management class. We wind down. Three minute warning. Quickest uh, 180 minutes of sports talk uh, radio. Tonight was no exception. Great times. Although, you know, I tell you what. I actually do have, um, I'm getting a little bit fired up uh, right now, uh, talking to Babano, Joe Lisi, about the big national championship game on uh, Monday night. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be a fun game. And you know, hopefully you get a chance to tune in to Game Time Decisions on SiriusXM uh, 204 and all our other radio affiliates and uh, video platforms as well. Me and the Rage at Rennet Camp Store to be on at 6 Eastern. Breaking down this game will be on for the first hour. We'll be on from 6 to 9, but... Uh, we'll be breaking down uh, the first hour of the game. And then Kevin Walsh and crew will take over for the game. I'll be back, of course, with the Monday night uh, meltdown. I'm, I'm a big, I like the Monday night show. I like Paul Bovey. I'm a fan of Paul Bovey. I like his takes and uh, the early, you know, his his opinion on the early numbers. George Kurt's going to step up and in. NHL hockey uh, starts on Wednesday. Another sport to add to the rotation. That's going to be uh, cool uh, for the betters amongst us. Um, you know, listen, the NBA is a volatile league, man, on a daily basis, all right? The NHL, listen, you know, it, it, it's a unique year in the NHL this year. Um, but, but at least the NHL, it's not quite as crazy on a daily basis as far as who's playing and who isn't playing. Number one, they don't do load management in hockey, all right? Load management in hockey, a, a player might uh, might play late, but... Load, load management in hockey is um, load management in hockey is not um, load management in hockey is not something uh, that that you see unless it's like late in the season and you know what I mean your player will get rest. So just from a betting perspective, uh, you know hockey you get an honest effort on a nightly basis. I'm curious to see though as far as like I mean overs unders how is it all going to play out. And basically, it's going to be the same teams playing each other all the time, too. So it's going to make for an interesting handicap. So as it is right now, and I'm not going to change my mind, I'm taking Ohio State plus the points. Give it a Buckeyes plus the eight and a half. Give me the over. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. 
Live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. Sports Grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.